Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking, re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and beliefs in our culture and our Christian circles. As a coach, pastor, teacher, and superintendent, I, I, I see a recurring problem that's, uh, that's been growing over, over the years. And, and I'm not sure exactly where it comes from. I know it comes from a concept of trying to be fair and a concept of trying to develop well-rounded people. But is it really just a, a pseudo-communistic utopian slant that, that is trying to believe that we're, we're all completely, you know, white jumpsuited, interchangeable equals? Um, I wonder. Or is it a form of, of coveting and, and jealousy that wants, that wants others to have or do uh, the exact same thing as, as everybody else? So, so nobody's unique. Nobody's individual. Or, or are we just, you know, like I said, just generally we have a hunger and thirst for, uh, to have new adventures, new experiences, and, and to be well-rounded. But whatever the case is, people seem to feel entitled now to actually make demands on, on coaches or teachers or leaders to give everyone kind of that equal chance or opportunity to do everything and anything they want whenever they want to do it. And, and, and the question is, is this healthy? Is this really healthy? Have, have we become a culture of, of mediocre uh, skills and talents um, because we really don't stick with anything? We don't really make a decision to, to be great at one thing? I'm, I'm always uh, curious when, when I see different lines of work. And, and, and I, you know, I look and I think to myself, how, how did that guy get into that anyway? Where did he learn that? Where, where, where did she get the idea for, for that business? And, and, you know, usually what happens is, you know, they fall into it and they had some, you know, elementary skill or talent or interest. And then all of a sudden the, the fire just, just, just takes a spark and they just run with it and go. But once that happens, they focus in that one area and then they become great and they become experts in that area. And that, and that's what then produces an opportunity, a livelihood. And so what's happening now is, is we're seeing, you know, parents pushing, you know, like their coaches or their teachers, you know what, you know, Johnny's got to play shortstop, even though Johnny's never played shortstop. And I, you know, I ran into this in, in little league baseball where, you know, a father just was so angry because we wouldn't let his son play first base. Now, keep in mind, his son couldn't catch a baseball. And at first base, all the balls get thrown to you. And my concern, because they were still very young, they were 11 years old, was, was injury. I didn't want him to get, you know, the ball in the face or the eye. The dad didn't care. He said, well, that's how he's going to learn. Well, no, that's not how he's going to learn on my team. You know, take him in the backyard, and if you want to throw balls and hit him in the nose, that's fine. Um, but I had no interest in seeing that. And as, as the coach, it wasn't a matter of not wanting to, him to experience shortstop, but, but it was protection. 
You know, I, I had a genuine concern. Well, I want to tell you the story of, of Johnny, and, and Johnny wanted to play the piccolo. And Johnny, like most kids, had great aspirations of performing in the year-end recital in front of the whole school. Family and friends were going to be there, and every day in sixth period, Johnny arrived at uh, advanced music class, excited and, and ready to practice. And, and Johnny at uh, Wilson Middle School, uh, you know, took his favorite class of the day, music. And he looked forward to it every single day. Now, most of Johnny's friends are, are also in the class, and, and also his favorite teacher, Mr. Plue. Now, Mr. Plue had been teaching in the middle school for 30 years. I mean, he, the guy knows what he's doing. And in his free time, he actually goes to local, you know, orchestras and professionals and, and conducts there as well. And, and Mr. Plue had spent his life studying, teaching, and playing music while most people were not fully aware of Mr. Plue's full credentials and accomplishments. But he was an expert. Now, the middle school chamber orchestra, under his guidance, won many awards and had been invited to many local concert halls. And most recently, they had, they had played in the Hollywood Bowl, a very famous venue in, in Los Angeles. And there were 50 students in the orchestra, which uh, has, you know, the usual woodwinds, piccolo, flutes, clarinet, brass, horns, trumpets, trombones, percussion, you know, drums, cymbals, gongs, xylophone, chimes, bongos, keyboards, piano, strings, you know, harp, violins, and the cello. And Johnny had had been taking music lessons for five years and was quite accomplished. And he practiced every day in class as well as private lessons at home. He also played in the church band and, and Johnny worked very hard and, and spent extra time, you know, playing music for fun. And most people think that Johnny was having a great time and being a part of the orchestra and performing in the recitals, but there was a problem. Even though Johnny enjoyed all the benefits of being part of the group, he had become discontent. Even though he had performed at places like the Rose Bowl and the Hollywood Bowl, he, he, he wanted more. And what did Johnny want? Johnny wanted to play the, not the flute, but the piccolo. But Johnny was a drummer. And Johnny was quite skilled at drumming and good at it and an important part of the team. And the orchestra on drums, but not the piccolo. But see, Johnny wanted to play the piccolo. And so, not realizing and not really understanding that these things don't take place in a vacuum. When, when Johnny wants to play the piccolo, we now then remove the good drummer from being a good drummer. Well, who's going to replace Johnny on drums? Because Johnny was great. And now we're going to take out the good piccolo player because, you know, Johnny wants to play the piccolo. So shouldn't he get to play the piccolo? And now we put in somebody who doesn't know how to play the piccolo at the piccolo. Well, let's just put the piccolo player at the drums then, I guess. Can you imagine what the sound of the orchestra then all of a sudden is going to be? And music is really cool that way. Because when you put all these instruments together, oh, what a beautiful sound it makes. It, it, is, it, it is so amazing what a conductor can do in putting the music together. It's fantastic. But just put one person in there that just doesn't quite sound right or an instrument that's, that's out of tune. And all of a sudden, the band falls apart real quick and in a hurry. But you know what? Johnny wants to play the piccolo. So who cares? I mean, who cares, right? Shouldn't he have a chance to play the piccolo? Shouldn't he 
have full opportunity to do what he wants and learn something new, well, that would be fine, again, if, if it happened in a vacuum. But it doesn't. Other people are affected by this. And so we see then that, that there's a, a threat then to the team. There's a threat then to the, to the orchestra, to the band. And the threat comes in the form of selfishness. And so we have to be careful that we're not just thinking of ourselves. The other thing that we haven't considered is that, you know, Johnny actually has a talent in a certain area. And there's an investment in that area, not only uh, from, from time and money, but, uh, you know, just the, the level of, of teaching that his, his music teacher has, has poured into him for, for the orchestra. And, and, and there's a God giftedness that, that's, that's usually involved in that as well. You know, they, you know, people have an ear for music or just a natural talent or a gift for certain instruments. So you may actually be, you know, thumbing your nose at a God-given talent. And, and then we think of this idea of, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Whatever happened to that? You know, nowadays, the idea of jack of all trades is, is held up as some great value. Well, um, that's okay for certain time of learning different things. But at some point, you've got to get good at something. When, when you go into the workforce, you, you, you need to, you know, rise to the top. The, your employer doesn't want you to say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay at a lot of stuff. Really, you know what? Be great at a couple things and we have other people who can do the other stuff, right? And so when we're looking for this team, we're, we're looking for people who, who actually are masters. And then the, the, the team concept itself, that together everybody achieves more. It's the most beautiful thing about sports. You know, we just uh, watched a Seahawks game and you know, we're, we're just reminded of, of how a team comes and works together and the offense flourishes because of the defense. The defensive, you know, line flourishes because the, the defensive ends cover their guys. The running back flourishes because the offensive linemen create holes. And the whole thing falls apart and breaks down when one person doesn't do their job. One person doesn't do their job, and the middle linebacker runs right through the middle of the field and sacks the quarterback. The quarterback doesn't do his job and just throws an interception right into the hands of somebody else, and he runs it in for a touchdown. And so we realize in sports that the team means everything. We see that music, that the team putting together that beautiful sound means everything. And then we have to think about things like, like trust. Do we trust our coaches? Do we trust our teachers? Do we trust that the people that we're teaming up with have our best interest at heart? Do we trust our, our coaches? Do we trust our leaders? Do we trust the people that have put these these teams together, these work teams, sports teams, musical bands, because these people are looking out for your child's best interest. They are. As a coach, I want to see my players succeed. I want them to have amazing experiences. And the best way to do that is to put them in a position where they can succeed the most and fail the least. I care about all of the kids on my team, not just one. See, I have that advantage as being the coach of actually caring about everybody equally. Whereas for a parent, let's be honest, 
they really only care about their own child. It's just a natural, you know, way to be, and, and I understand that. But we have to consider that when Johnny wants to play the piccolo, there, there's more at stake than, than him just trying a new thing. And so when we come back, we'll take a closer look at Johnny playing the piccolo. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the Ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're talking about Johnny Wants to Play the Piccolo. Now that sounds fine and dandy, except Johnny is a drummer in the orchestra, and Johnny is actually a very skilled and talented and gifted and and valuable member of the team as a drummer. And so when Johnny wants to play the piccolo, that might just be a selfish ambition that actually hurts the team or hurts the the orchestra. Now, what are some of our biblical principles when, when we when we think of this this topic? Um, one of the principles that comes to mind actually begins in, in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. No, that's, that's not what that says. It's part of what it says. It says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's anything. Right? And so we covet thy neighbor's talents and skills and gifts and professions. I mean, how often have you talked to somebody in your neighbor and say, hey, what do you do? And the guy goes, oh, I'm uh, you know, I'm an engineer, you know, at Boeing and, you know, I work on, you know, on the project that, you know, sends rockets, you know, all around the, the, the moon. It's like, whoa, that's cool. I want to do that. Yeah, I want to do that. I ran into a Boeing guy who actually was involved in, in the weapons side of things. And, you know, I, I think of, especially being a, uh, a guy from California, I think of Boeing as just, you know, you know, commercial air flight. That's it. Boeing does a lot of really super cool things. Uh, that we don't even know about, honestly. And it's like, well, I want to do that. Well, you didn't go to engineering school. You didn't put in the time and the effort. And so now your your ship has kind of passed you by. Well, part of that comes into, you know, we, we really covet what other people have. And, and that coveting turns into a discontentment. And, and, and before you know it, we become jealous of what other people have. And so we have to be careful that, you know, we don't have that mentality of, you know, well, well, I want what's yours and I want it now. And again, I want to be careful that, you know, it's okay to, to broaden your horizons. It's okay to want to get better at different things. That That's all right. But not when it is in replacement of somebody else. You can't cut in line. You, you can't replace the piccolo player just because all of a sudden you want to play the piccolo. Another concept that I see is just in spiritual giftedness. You know, we see in Romans uh, 12 and 
First Corinthians 12, we, we see all kinds of different spiritual gifts and exhortation and leadership and giving and mercy and service and administration, you know, faith, healings, helps, knowledge, miracles, tongues, wisdom, discernment, all kinds of different spiritual gifts. That means God has uniquely blessed you, blessed you with the gift of administration. That means you're really good at that stuff. And being the superintendent of of a school system with 125 employees, guess what? Administration is a is a very important part of what we do. And to have people who actually really love and have a passion uh, for organization and things like that is really important, really important. And so to put the the, the person who who has a, a, a giftedness for, let's say, leadership uh, in a position of administration or vice versa is, is putting people in the wrong seats. And that's one of the things that, that I have to evaluate and I have to do is not only getting people on, on the bus and on the right bus, but then getting them in the right seats. And it's very difficult when people are looking across at other seats thinking, I want to drive the bus, even though they don't even know how to drive, you know? And so we, we also see in Ephesians 4 other, other forms of spiritual giftedness like, you know, there, there's, there's different officers or apostles or evangelists and pastors, prophets and teachers. And we see this in Christianity all the time. And it really uh, troubles me and breaks my heart because, you know what, we're not all called to be pastors. And that's okay. That, that's fantastic. Um, we, we have different, you know, talents that we're supposed to do. You know, praise the Lord for people who have wisdom and discernment um, that, that actually speak into my life and, and are elders and, and really are the ones that, that run the churches with all these different unique gifts and gifts of, of taking care of the finances and the bookkeeping, right? You think of the, the guy who's the, the spiritual gift of giving. Now, you know what? I would love to be the big donor, but I'm not. But there's somebody who is. And so, you know what, somebody who is the, the big giver, the big donor, well, you know, maybe it's not his responsibility to do the Sunday preaching. Maybe it's not his responsibility actually to stack the chairs. That's somebody else's gift. And so we have to be careful that we don't become, you know, jealous or covet other people's roles and, and that we actually fulfill and perform the God-given gifts that we do have. You know, we're, we're supposed to be instruments, instruments. That means that means we're we're tools, and so whether you're a rake or you know a, a shovel um, or a pick, you know, be who God made you to be. That's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing, and the body of Christ works so well when it actually you know uniquely individually functions together, and then we work heartily as as unto the Lord. But my concern is that we have this grass is greener view, and in you know, and instead of being proud, being proud of who you are and, and, and giving your, your very best for God's glory, I think we, we have this idea like Johnny that, you know what, I'm tired of the drums. I don't want to do the drums anymore. I want to do the piccolo. And I don't care what anybody else wants. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't care that I'm, if I'm good or not. And I don't care if that means the piccolo player doesn't get to play the piccolo. Our mission statement at Rainier Christian School is to educate and develop the whole person for the glory of God. And so part of the, the, the tension here is that it's our goal to actually produce well-rounded students. 
and, and, and we want to, you know, be, be a place of, of excellence. And so how do we produce well-rounded students that, that have experienced a lot of different things and have a lot of different tools and giftedness and have learned, you know, and, and grown through sports or music or drama or academics or have been involved in local, you know, mission work and outreach. And, and, and so they do a lot of different things. And yet we also are, are trying to, to teach them, you know, maybe one great thing or one area of, of special giftedness where, where they can, you know, then take that and go off to college and then take that and do an internship and then take that and, and, and maybe make a living out of it. So at some level, we, while we want well-roundedness, we, we also want to be able to provide opportunities for specialization. And that's where some of the extracurricular offerings come in. But, you know, my, my favorite parts of this, and especially at, at Rainer Christian Schools, you know, the, the joy that I have is when, like, when I go to a football game. And when I go to a football game, honestly, the last thing that really excites me about it, well, I shouldn't say the last thing, especially when my son's playing, but, but I see so much more than the football game. I get so excited when, when our band is there. It, it, it gives me such joy when we have cheerleaders. Instead of four cheerleaders, you know, I, I, I wish we had 20 cheerleaders. Um, I can't wait till we have that full marching band out there. I love it when the, the kids come out and they're the ones that are like technologically, you know, they're the ones that are setting up the scoreboard and they're the ones that are setting up the sound system. And I see this whole team of people that are, that are at work and the art, you know, the, the kids in the art class make posters and, and draw caricatures of the other kids and make the big giant, you know, banner that the football players run through. And I just see this whole thing coming together. And oh yeah, there's a football game. And it's really cool because we provide a place on Friday night where our whole student body can hang out, have good, clean fun, eat a couple hamburgers, watch a football game, hear music, cheer on the team, and then go to McDonald's afterwards. Good, clean fun. But what if we all wanted to be the starting quarterback? Well, there can only be one starting quarterback, right? And you know what? It's okay to not be the starting quarterback. And that's one of the things I want us to understand that, it, you know, be who you are and, and, and enjoy it and take, take that full joy out of it. And as parents, learn, learn to, to encourage your children, yeah, to try new things. But you know what? Try that on your own time. You know, if you want to learn the piccolo, then, then practice off hours, learn the piccolo, take private lessons. And then you can go to your music teacher, Mr. Plu, and say, Mr. Plu, I think I can play the piccolo. Uh, can I come to see you after school and, and show you how I can play and try out? Instead of demanding that I play the piccolo. This happens to me all the time. People come to me, especially as a baseball coach, with the demand to play certain positions. And again, we, we're trying to, to set kids up for success. One of the great things and lessons I learned from my father as a coach was my dad would always say, never let them bleed. Never let them bleed. As a pitcher, and especially you got to think of, of kids going out there and pitching in a game. Very exciting moment, and everybody's watching them. And my dad would always make sure that he would take a, a player out of the game pitching before he gave up too many runs. And so he never had a player on the team that would ever have that experience of giving up 10 runs in an inning because he would take them out before that. And so, you know, the worst case scenario is maybe he gave up three runs. Yeah, he can get over that. 
And, and, and yet at the time it may look as though, wow, you, you didn't have confidence in my child. You, you took him out too soon. You, you know, he'll never come back and pitch again. No, he'll get another opportunity, but we're not going to let him bleed out there. We're not going to let him embarrass himself. We're going to protect him. And you know what? He'll come back. And with that confidence, he'll come back even better. So what's the rub? Well, the rub is, you know, we need to be sensitive to others. You know, Johnny might want to play the piccolo, but you know what? Susie plays the piccolo right now and she's worked harder and she's earned her spot and, and she's doing a great job. You know, Billy is the better shortstop and, and, and he does practice a lot too. And before you start replacing people with others, let's, let's honor and respect the people who are already there. See, practice is a place to experiment, but the performance is the place to put on a show. That's the place where the team comes and functions together with our talents, with our giftedness, and, and we bring it all together and, and we perform. And, and the body of Christ works exactly the same. We can't all be noses. We can't all be ears, right? And so when we realize how special that the ear is, how special that the tongue is, how special that the nose is, and be proud to be the big, giant, fat nose, then we will be better off. So before you demand that your, your child's coaches or, or music teachers put them in to play the piccolo, think again about Johnny playing the piccolo. You've been listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.